Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I am live in the studio with a good buddy of mine. I'm hanging out with Ben Childers. How's it going, man? It's great. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Let's go ahead and pray. we got a lot of good things to talk about, so yeah, let's, let's have some it. fun. So, Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for blessing. Thank you for the opportunity to sit here with a friend and a brother, and thank you for all you're doing with him and Megan and their children, and, and with his work, job, and transitions in life that you just clarify. It's, it's really cool to see you sl- just slam doors shut and then fling them open for the next step of life. And uh, I pray that you would bless those that are listening in, that if they're in difficult situations or in situations maybe that aren't that difficult but require a tough decision, that you'd give them wisdom wisdom how to navigate that. I pray this conversation between Ben and I would be helpful for those, um, both at our church and that are out there listening, that uh, they would trust you, that they would trust that you are going to provide, that you promise that you provide for our needs, and and uh, pray that we just have a lot of fun in this conversation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, brother. So let's uh, let's have some fun. So l- why don't you just so tell everybody who you are, okay. and then family stuff, and then tell us when you became a Christian and how you became a Reformed Baptist. Okay. So let's have some fun. All right. Yeah, so uh, my name is Ben Childers, um, 26. Uh, uh, married to my wife Megan. We have one son who's about a year and a half named Cannon, and then we have another one that's like six weeks out. And Cannon's built like a cannon. Cannon is mass. He's like the size of a four-year-old. At, <laughs> he's so big, dude. He's, I think he's close to 40 pounds now, and he's like almost three feet tall and a little tank, which yeah. I don't know where he gets it, but yeah, he's a blast. Yeah, because I mean, like you're you're not a small guy, but I didn't break 100 pounds till like my freshman year of high school. You were that. You were the guy in school that everybody's like, he's in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, I was, like, sitting on a booster seat to drive almost. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> was, funny thing is your former employer, who's, like, ginormous, was yeah. the exact same way. I mean, he was, like, tiny. Yeah. You know, and then when I saw that he was huge one day, I thought, wait a minute, what? Yeah. That's it's why I'm like, guy. I don't know when Cannon's going to stop. At some point, yeah. he's, he's got to level off, but... Well, some people, so their growth spurts hit really early, but, and I know he's still a baby, but... Yeah. Uh, Derek always talks about this, where he was at seventh grade, the height that he is now. Yeah. And that's how it is with Noah yep. as well. Noah's like this giant. Just a big kid. And he's probably going to be 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, that's, I mean, yeah. Cam might finish his growth spurt by like three at this rate. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> okay, so anyways, so, I interrupted. I hijacked it already. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so Cannon, and then we have uh, Theodore. We're going to call him Theo, who's due in like six to eight weeks. Um, nice. Megan's at like 32, 33 weeks or something like that. So That's awesome. She so, re- yeah. She ready? That's yeah. The, that's the stage where... Uh, we have no bags packed. We have none of that stuff ready, okay. but like mentally we're ready. Yeah, right. Logistically, we're not prepared. When you but, get in the 30s weeks, that, yeah. that's, it's like, all right, come on now. The other thing is, uh, last one I was like on top of it on like, she's at this week and this many days. Like I, I know, know, like this time around, I think it's just baby two. We're like, <laughs> like well, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize. This how year, close, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it snuck up way faster this time. So, but yeah. Um, and then what was the other, uh, how I became a Christian? Yeah. Um, I was Born and raised in church, so I have the stereotypical mm-hmm. raised in church. Um, Good old First Baptist Church, right? First Baptist, yeah. Southern Baptist, um, Armenian Church. Mm-hmm. So I prayed the prayer at like five, 
I didn't tell anybody I prayed the prayer because I had no confidence in my faith until like third grade. Okay. Uh, didn't get baptized until like junior high. Okay. There was just never any comp. Like I repeated the prayer, but never felt any different. Yeah. Didn't know what it meant. Didn't know what it did. Right. So was it a repeat after me kind of thing? Yeah, it was, was like it? Okay. in the ABCs, probably yeah, yeah. the traditional like VBS ABCs. That mm-hmm. was it. And then I was like, well, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. So do you think that was when you were converted? Um, we talked about this at a men's group one time mm-hmm. on like, I think my eyes were open to God's existence, but I don't think I, I didn't know what one meant to follow God. And I don't think right. my heart had been changed yet. Okay. Um, so but that maybe. was, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I know like junior high was like pretty hard, like rebellion. Okay. So I would say I wasn't like, gotcha. I was definitely like nothing. There was no, um, proof of faith gotcha. at any point until about high school. Okay. Um, and so then in high school, um, I was actually at a church camp down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with Louis Giglio nice. and Chris Tomlin. It was, was that at Covenant College? or It was at the convention center, like in downtown okay. Gatlinburg. It was this massive thing, like thousands of kids. Oh, in Gatlinburg. I was thinking Chattanooga. Okay, um, gotcha. It was literally like a, you just went at night kind of thing. It was just okay. like a, almost a revival more so than an actual camp. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember the lights getting flipped on, or so to speak, at that. Um, and then through youth, I was very involved in um, making an active decision to live it out. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second great awakening, coming to the Reformed yeah. <laughs> reformed beliefs, uh, started in, whenever I went to college. Okay. Uh, and so I had discovered John Piper my freshman year of college. All right. And that was the first time I'd ever heard predestina- predestination not used as like a curse word. Right, right, right. Um, was that through Kale? Did Kale introduce you? So it was actually Nick Volkany. Oh, it was Nick. Okay, um, gotcha. So I was at Shout SIU Edwardsville Nick. and was going to the Red Hill Church oh, Plant. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. year it started, I think. Gotcha. Like it had like started at the beginning of that school year. Okay. Um, and Nick Volkany and then um, his name was... Uh, Rayden? Rayden Hollis. Yeah, Hollis. Yep. Rayden Hollis, uh, yeah. He was the pastor there. And then I was also involved in Campus Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy at Campus Crusade, his name was Lee. And he did a lot of disciple. So I just had like three people discipling me super hard that whole year. Um, And all of them were using John Piper or Tulip and stuff like that to explain things to me. And it it all just made so much sense. Um, And then I came back, moved back and transferred to SIU to finish my last three years of college. Um, And that's whenever Kale was discipling me. Okay. And Kale and Nick were best buds growing up and knew Mm -hmm. each other super well. So it was like just passing the baton, passing me off. And so... Yeah, from there, and then we landed at Christ Church um, like two years ago now, mm-hmm. maybe three years ago. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of continued. Awesome. I went from what I, I would have called myself a four-point four point Calvinist okay. to now a full, like, Reformed So what Baptist. was it? Was it the Atonement? Yeah, that, the okay. L. And it was more from lack of understanding. Okay. Um, limited just sounded like an attribute I couldn't attribute to God. Okay. And so because of that, it was kind of just like the... Yeah. Your reaction to say, I don't know about that one. Right. Um, yeah, I, I used to say accomplishing atonement or yeah. just it, moving it away from definite, from limited, yeah, definite, particular, yep. that kind of thing. Yeah. And the atonement actually is something that's, that's I really enjoy talking about atonement theology. And really, in Tulip, that kind of seems to be, at this point in my life, the almost, it's just very easy to defend because there's so many particular passages. Yeah. I mean, every time we come to the Lord's table, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I almost think it's um, helped my assurance in my faith. Okay. Uh, like I was talking about, like not having that growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I think having like reformed beliefs and doctrines and theology mm-hmm. and stuff has uh, helped a ton. Mm-hmm. It's like my assurance of faith. And that's one of the ones where I'm like, if I'm able to know like 
yeah, there is a radical no, like those those people are saved. Yeah, you don't have to like if you say the whole world is saved, and then you look at the whole world, it's easy to be like, mm-hmm. how that just doesn't seem. Yeah, how do I know? Right, you know what I mean. The the actual atonement versus um, Spurgeon had a line that's been quoted by everyone, but Jesus didn't come to die to make salvation possible. Yeah, Jesus came to save sinners. Yeah, and. That, for me, was a line that just hit, and it was along the lines of John Stott's book, where he talked about, it's the cross of Christ, and the introduction of that book. Mm -hmm. For some reason, introductions stick with me. So the introduction in the cross of Christ, knowing God's introduction is phenomenal, and the best introduction of any book I've ever read is A.W. Pink's Sovereignty of God. The Mm -hmm. introduction of that book is, if you just, I mean, spent 10 minutes reading that introduction, it's worth the whole book. I mean, it's just phenomenal. So for everybody listening in, if you've not read that, just go read those introductions. It's, it's worth it. But uh, Stott said every generation has to rediscover the objectivity of the cross. And I remember that just sitting with me. Like the, I had always thought about the cross as very, very passive mm-hmm. and mankind being the active agents. Yep. To think about the cross being the active agent mm-hmm. and, and it having power over me or into the life of a sinner to bring them to life. Yeah. That was, it, just, it was a paradigm shift for yep. sure. For, for sure. And then when you just begin to go through the passages of the scriptures, there's, uh, you know, almost every single passage on the atonement is particular. Yeah. And you wonder, like, my goodness, how have I, you know, these, have I not seen this my entire life kind of thing? Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it is when you go into Reformed theology. It's the same. same yeah. The whole Bible, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How did I not see well, this? I hadn't even um, read Romans 9 until my freshman year mm-hmm. of college. Whenever I read Romans 9... Uh, it kind of all just clicked for me. Like the yeah. uh, assurance of faith is the biggest. That's like I'd say the the thing that is like kind of the thread through my life was there was just no assurance of faith. Gotcha. Um, and then now there's just confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that that chapter is one of those chapters. Where I'm like, I can have confidence that yeah that I'm that that's I'm awesome. saved. That's awesome. Uh, to talk another about another book that we've gone through. The ladies are going through uh, Ryle's Holiness right now. Yeah. Did you go through that when we were as a men's group going through holiness? I, don't, I think that might have been before me. Man, okay. We went through that book. It was so good. There's a chapter in there called Assurance. Yeah. And that chapter is just straight dynamite. Yeah. It's so good. You'd love it. Yeah. So at some point. I think it's actually, somebody lent it. I think it's sitting on my bookshelf. You need to crack might that open. Might my brother or something. Read that book and read Assurance. Yeah. Uh, very good chapter. Okay. So wanted to have you on just because, I mean, you're from the church and wanted to have more guys from the church on the show. Yeah. For, for one. Because I've kind of redone this to be thinking through... Okay, the content as I've thought about it the last few years really has been for more than just pastors, but I've always aimed it at pastors. And then really I just thought this needs to be more for our church and then just for Christians in general. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to broaden the people I get to talk to and it's going to broaden just the content in general. Yeah. And I think there's so many people that are in situations like you've been, and especially in the last three years where employers maybe have impressed upon their employees things that they just can't handle. That yep. they not necessarily can't handle like a workload, but I mean, can't handle like ethically that there's a dilemma. And for men who are wanting to raise our families, we're wanting to be present. I mean, we're kind of wanting to, it's almost like we're wanting to go back past industrial age. Yeah. Leave the factories, get to the home as the home base yep. for life, economy, household economy, all of the C.R. Wiley stuff. Yep. Um, and you've done that. So I'd love to hear your story of how you are, where you are today, and leave us with some, you know, pull us up to the edge of our seat to, to know the risk that was involved yeah, and the faith that had to be 
on display that God gave you. And uh, just tell us what you've done in switching careers, basically, even okay. though you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'll start with um, when Megan and I kind of decided that I wanted to find a way to work from home. Um, and then I had, I kind of wanted to own my own business. And so there's a couple ideas about what businesses that would be. Um, but I, I think at like the beginning of the year, uh, we were doing a bath time and, uh, with Cannon and Megan and I were just talking and we were like, what's our five-year goal? Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to set our five-year goal for our marriage and for ourselves individually and just communicate that together so that like our vision, we're just casting the vision for, for the family unit. Um, and we, I had said that I wanted to work from home whenever we're, we start homeschooling for Canon, I wanted to be home, be involved in that as much as I could. Um, and then from that was the owning the business was, um, one, I feel like just having ownership of something to where it's the legacy that I'm able to leave for the kids. Like mm-hmm. it would be my dream that this business Canon's able to just grow up seeing it and, um, just step right into it. Be awesome. Yeah. That would be the dream. And then the other thing is the flexibility of if, Illinois gets weird and homeschooling becomes illegal Mm -hmm. and I own my own business. And especially with this business, I can, we can pack our bags and move wherever we need to and not skip a beat. And Mm -hmm. so that was the other real draw uh, of owning a business. And so once we decided that and we had been praying about it and we were, we were confident that that is definitely what, what God was kind of calling us to do is our family. Um, it was almost at the exact same time that we made that decision confidently that, um, the doors at work, like I just, the work situation, I was traveling a bunch, working a lot of hours, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't uh, good for our family. I was missing out on a lot, and when I was home, in my role, I wasn't able to be unplugged from work yeah. either, and so it was really like I was working 24-7, or at least on call. Well, and our people know you and know what you're doing, but for those that don't, yep. Ben was in a high-capacity job yep. in a company that was just rapidly growing for years, and, and you got in on the front end. So I, so I basically was doing four full-time jobs whenever I, whenever I ended up quitting was I was a wholesale rep, meaning I was selling our brand's products to, I think I had 70 to 80 stores in the United States that I was communicating with on a weekly, monthly basis. So that's email all day long, basically. Email on the phones, texting. They had my personal number. So they were texting me at 7 PM to put in an order sometimes. Um, so there was that. And then that was also what led to a lot of the traveling is I would have to go and visit these stores. So Mm -hmm. for the, uh, like three or four months there straight, it was like two weekends a month. Basically I was either at an event or traveling to go and visit stores. And so there was that part, there was the managing of all the, uh, marketing. And so that was photography, websites, graphic design, um, all of that. And then that was uh, spread across four companies. So all, <laughs> a of, lot. all of that was basically times four. And so it was a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of responsibility, which meant there was always this lingering thought in the back of my mind. Like what I have, 10 balls in the air that I'm trying to juggle. Mm-hmm. Which one did I drop today and not notice? Right. And that's going to end up uh, coming back on me. And so there was always that fear as well. Which also, you can see why you couldn't shut it off at home. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're literally thinking through constantly. What, did I, what I forget. Yeah. And then, yeah, getting texts constantly too. Like, it was just a lot of work. And um, if I wanted to be a workaholic, mm-hmm. it would have been the dream job. Right. Like, gotcha. there was endless potential, endless possibility for growth and mm-hmm. endless income in the future. Like, literally no cap on what commission I could make from the sales. So, like, in theory, dream job for most people, but just not a great environment to be putting the family through. Yeah. Um, and so, once we had decided that I wanted to be home, then we kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel of, like, this job already is just not working for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I was pretty open with the owners of the other companies about that, about, 
hey, I kind of want to start getting rid of some of these responsibilities. I don't want to travel. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to do that now. Um, and so it just got tense. It was, um, I just wasn't fitting in the company. I was no longer aligned with what their core values were. And, and you didn't have anything lined up. So it's not like you immediately had something to step no, into. No, it was really, yeah, once I decided, it was kind of moving fast. And that door was shutting. And I did not have uh, the next door to walk through yet. I, were, were you, did you have moments, did you have like a moment that was like a freak out moment? Or did you have, a, you know, were you calm through it? Um, I mean, there was definitely some sleepless nights. I always like to have, like I was saying, we set our five-year plan. I always yeah. like to know what the next, the yeah. next run on the ladder is or the next step mm-hmm. is. Um, and I mean, the business that I'm doing now didn't start, three weeks ago didn't exist. <laughs> so... It's uh, right. there. It wasn't always a clear vision for what was going to come. So I mean, we, I sold my truck and got a cheaper truck to get rid of that. Okay, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. So what'd you get? I have a Ford now. I'm a Ford guy too. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, bigger back seat for the the next yeah. baby. And what then, year? It's a uh, 2012. Okay, 2012. Okay, yeah. so mine's at 05. But the, I love that. It's big and wide. Did you, do you have the the bench seat up front too? No, mine's got it, the okay. console. Mine's like the console. the Lariat okay. edition. So it's got okay. the big like souped up. Oh inside, man! But it's you got heated seats in that thing and air conditioned. Dude, you didn't have air conditioned air conditioned seats. No way. Okay, yeah. I gotta check. when we get done, I got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, it's older, more miles, but saved us some money, and so okay. that. And then like I was selling gym equipment out of the garage and stuff. Like I was just trying to get our expenses as low as possible. So if if crap hit the fan and I needed to just get out, that yeah. we could somewhat survive for a little longer. And so right. yeah, I mean we were literally like tossing stuff off the ship like the ship was so going it wasn't down. like you were i mean you know you may have had some sleepless nights but i mean you, you knew you'd be you're gonna be okay you're kind of doing what you could to i didn't know where the income was gonna come from okay. but um i mean we had faith in god that right that it would something would provide it was gonna work out to, of some yeah okay and so um i put out i think about 15 or 20 applications for remote marketing jobs mm-hmm. like all over the place in random industries and just trying to find something that would help pay the bills if it got, got too, um, I've just always said if, if like the job's that bad, then just get out. And yeah. so I was kind of preparing myself if it got that bad to, to get out. Um, so I had all those out and then I don't remember when, when it clicked to just start my own mm-hmm. business. Um, it was a Sunday night. I went home and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start my business. I'm going to get a website. I'm going to okay. get my name, <laughs> uh, I was sending pictures of different logos and like our family group chat with my parents and my brother and stuff. And that was Monday. And then I think it was Thursday. Um, I, I quit. Incredible. So you started, so you had the website up on Sunday. Yep. By the next Sunday I had four clients. Man. So you, you were telling me that really you're not going to miss a beat at this point. No. And then that's, so once, um, it ended on good terms with the owners and stuff. And so they kind of kept me on for the last couple of weeks. Um, I wasn't doing the wholesale or any of that stuff, but just doing the marketing okay. stuff. And while I was doing that, I was just trying to get as many people in my business as I could. And, um, I've had people contacting me through mutual friends and stuff that I didn't even know were out there. And like the way God has provided and opened that door so widely, Mm-hmm. Um, like we knew the other door was shutting and the way that the door is open for this business has been like no short of like a miracle. It feels like it's awesome. Um, just Detroit, Nashville, Texas, Kansas, like people all over have <laughs> so reached awesome. out through mutual connections or saw me posted on Facebook that I started a business and just messaged me. And so awesome. So you said there's really like a handful or less people in the industry, in the fitness industry 
that are covering a lot of that work. And so yep. you want to break into that. Yeah, obviously. yeah. in the fitness industry specifically, and just graphic design, like label design for products, there's like three people okay. that are the, the staple three people that everybody uses. Um, and being the outsider from that, I, I can walk through a supplement store and tell you exactly who did each label just based on the same, all of their labels look the same, okay. whether it's for different brands or not. Like Cause it's, it's their style. Yep. Okay. And so, um, getting custom labels through them, you're, you're, it's going to look like the other brand across the shelf from you is. And so my dream would be to come into that field and do that. And then, mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing stuff right now for an apparel company up in like Minnesota and building them a website. Uh, I did a cigar lounge in Nashville. Um, so I'm, I'm not limiting myself to that industry, but I had 70 stores that I talked to on a weekly basis. So from that, they I'm know open. You. yeah. So why the fitness industry? I, I'm not, I don't know how you ended up with your last business, but you're a fit guy, strong mm-hmm. guy and a guy that wants to stay in shape. Yep. So why is it, a, did you just, did you just fall into that? And then you started thinking, I like being fit, so I'm going to get fit or so why the fitness industry? And is that really a passion or is it just something you're in and you're going to just stay in it? Um, it was more of a passion. I'm still, now it's just, I'm in it. And so I'm going to probably stick in it. I'm still mm-hmm. like, I still care about my health, but I was like the fitness addict there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, all through college, I was in the gym in all of my free time mm-hmm. and then got my personal training certification. And actually while working at the, the gym in Marion, that's where I met the owners of Stacked. Okay. And so that's how I got that job was somebody had told them that I was a, a bright kid and knew my fitness and stuff. And so I started with them my senior year of college and just kind of... Oh, so you got on while you were in college still. Yeah. This... I was part-time okay. doing emails for them and that was it. Really? And then I went to the store and I was working in the store part-time and then managed the store mm-hmm. and then went over and started doing the marketing and just... Okay. I learned, and I have a degree in marketing, but I didn't learn anything in my degree in marketing. Man, there's so many people. <laughs> I heard somebody that, that had talked about learning marketing before the internet, and then, they, so they got a degree in marketing before, yep. it was like they graduated Be- in like 1995. Yeah, before there was marketing. <laughs> How different that would yeah. be compared to today, you know? It's yeah. It's totally different. The marketing degree taught me definitions of words that only some people use, and that's about as deep is, as it Is got. marketing basically like Instagram now? I mean, is that marketing... <laughs> There's a, yeah, if you want to look at like just, I mean, you can consider a billboard marketing technically, but that's not super, uh, you don't have to know a whole lot to put up a billboard, you know, obviously you want to put it on the busy road. Stuff like that is considered marketing, but digital marketing is definitely the main form of marketing nowadays. And that's, yeah, Facebook, Google, Instagram. Dude, it's amazing how honed in these marketers are. And because they are listening to us, I was, uh. I had looked up, I had uh, these running shorts, mm-hmm. and they had. Uh, I was trying to find out if it was made in America, and I was all over this website. Well, I looked at this one website from an ad on Instagram yep. on these running shorts, and they had these cool, like that, that duck camo, that vintage camo. I was like, yeah. oh, those are cool. So I clicked on it. It's like two for 20, and I thought these are probably made in China somewhere or something. So I clicked on it, and I looked at it for like two or three minutes on this website. For like the last three days, dude, I have been bombarded with shorts literal just short yep. ads over and over again. Here's some shorts, Fab, Fabletics or something like yep. that, men's shorts and all these different ads that just come up. It's just unbelievable. But uh, so really, I mean, it's not just it's not necessarily that you're just in this fitness world, but since you know it so well, I mean, that that's going to be kind of naturally probably how. Yeah, that's where that's where most of my, my connections are, and so yeah. gotcha. easy, easiest way to spread there. Okay, so now what's the, your five-year plan happened in about, uh, what, 
a month and a half, two yeah. months. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so now I'm working from home, and uh, the business is growing well. So I honestly couldn't even couldn't even tell you what Well, what sometimes, is, so. like, yeah, so, like, okay, the James mistake. And I've, I've wrestled with this in my life because I think it is important to plan. I think it's important to be thinking with your great-grandchildren in mind and when you're making financial decisions with every purchase that you buy and everything that you don't buy. Because yep. that's critical, too. What you don't buy can make you millions. Yep. And what you do buy sometimes can put you in the whole millions uh, event over time anyways but you know James talks about uh, if the Lord wills we were do, we will do this or that tomorrow so yep. I've always had this weird tension about where are we gonna be in five years ten years I don't really know and sometimes it's like God does what he does with did with you where his speed you know we, we feel like oh wait I'm gonna wait on the Lord but it's like no God's like no right now you don't need to wait yeah You're, you've waited and, yep. and you didn't even know you've been waiting but his speed is way faster than what we would think. Yeah. And other times it requires, you know, waiting. So I don't think it is wrong to plan five years down the road, ten years down the road. But I think we definitely have to be open-handed about it. For sure. So what, what's your new five-year, ten-year, what, what's your plans now? Have more kids and continue to, to just stick to the path, I and, guess, and really. And a marketing empire. That would be awesome. Yeah, just continue to yeah. Reform Co. Is that what it is? Yep, Reform yeah. Co. Yeah. Um, I actually the other name that I was on the fence with at the very end was um, Brand Wise, and I was like, this just feels too vague. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, it was like a technically according to the thing, it was a better website name, but. Well, I like the Reform Co. because, well, like the fitness industry isn't going to have a clue what that means. Yep. Most of them. Yep. But then there's a you know a big Christian group that will. Yep. And you know there's certainly a big Christian group that will and won't hire you because of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, want, I want Arminian Co. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Free will. Yeah, yeah. yeah free, will, free will marketing company. Yeah. Um, but I love it, man. I mean, it's really cool what God's doing. And, and so are you, so I know you just bought, built, uh, bought a house. Mm-hmm. You kind of got in this time where it was really good to buy and then really good to sell yep. based on prices of values of homes. There's another one of those things where I would say God just... Bless, bless the timing of that situation. And wasn't it like the sight unseen guy that bought your house, your old yeah. house? Yeah, just before you even made it onto the market. And you just remodeled it and yep. right timing, perfect yeah, timing for everything. I bought it uh, when Megan and I were dating and I knew we were going to be getting married and I was like, I don't want to be in an apartment. So mm-hmm. I, I bought an old 100-year-old house and then the more we lived in it, we were like, wow, this thing is old and beat up. Okay. It was, I mean, not, it had a lot of issues and so... Mm-hmm. Rewired it with my dad one weekend in like 120 degree heat up in the attic and then oh refloored and painted a lot of it and tried to level the floors where I could here and there and okay. then sold it, took all the profit from that to buy a house whenever interest rates were the best they've ever Not been. 8%. Yeah, back, back before they had gone to where they are now. And so my plan is to just hold on to that, <laughs> that loan as long as I can. Because uh-huh. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think it's like 2.7 or something like that. Nice. I think we're at four because we got this in 2017. We built in 2016 and then in 2017 and I'm locked in at like four. So I mean, I probably could have refinanced, but I was running the numbers on refinancing from what we owe and it wouldn't have made much of a difference Yeah. over because we're one. Well, anyways, but uh, yeah. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff, man. Um, so next baby's due, you said you're at 32 weeks. Yeah, it's uh, very beginning of October, end of uh, September, okay. potentially, somewhere in there. So for you listener out there, you're in a spot, and 
you may be in a similar spot that Ben was in. And God's going to provide. There's going to be times that you just have to make a risky decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked a couple weeks ago to C.R. Wiley, and I had an episode on risk. And one of the things he talked about is doing nothing is a risk. That if you do nothing, if you don't invest, if you don't take that leap into a new job or starting the business, yep. that is a risk. Mm-hmm. Just just doing what you're continuing to do. Yeah. And what I love that you did, I mean, you really could have toughed it out. And you could have just said, whatever, I'm just going to stay yeah, here for five Just five complained years, for Put your head down. Yep. And I love that you made a tough decision, man. I think yeah. it's awesome. It's still, um, the whole, the thing I have to get used to now is going from like a guaranteed pay mm-hmm. to now it's, we we kill what we eat. Like, yeah. if, I, if I'm if i having a down month, then got to budget a little tighter that month. And, and that sales, I mean, yeah. so, the, risk, the risk of that, risk reward. It's a different mindset. We still have to have a lot of faith in God, but. With how much um, he's provided for us so far, that's mm-hmm. seems like it's going pretty well. We have yeah. a, lot of, a lot of faith. Well, in. the cool thing about so you know obviously as a, a pastor, the setup we have at our church is pretty. I've been in ministry. This is this is actually fifteenth my fifteenth year in pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. and used to I worked at churches that you know we were you were at Cornerstone for a while, so I worked at Cornerstone. I worked at you know it was, it was interesting because Cornerstone is more of a kind of a CEO model of ministry, so it's yeah. very business type. And then I went to church that was very mom and pop. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like the definition of a church. It was just basically run by a pastor and his wife. Yeah. And it was just totally different. And, you know, so so been in ministry for a while. And uh, both of those, you know, you, you clock in, you clock out. You go to the office and you clock in, you clock out. You yeah. clock in. And then when we started the church, we didn't have a church office. So Andy and I, and we were working together at, at the BCM. Long story short, conventionally at this point, I go into the church building a couple days a week, mm-hmm. but primarily I'm home. Yeah. So in some ways, the job, when I meet with people, it's at home. I do a lot of my work before my children get up. I'm yep. up every morning early. I've talked about that. Everybody knows that. But I, I've, so I, I like the flexibility of that. Yeah. Um, the great thing about what you're doing is if you want to spend time with your kids, you can have a Brandon McNeely schedule. You yep. can work from four till noon if you wanted to. Yeah. And the glory of that is... You can do what you want. I mean, yeah. there's freedom. Yeah, I mean, today at 10.30, Ken and I went on a walk to the park and mm-hmm. played on the playground for an hour and then came back and he took a nap and then I did three hours of work before I came here. So it's awesome. Stuff like that, I was definitely missing out on for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like for, for guys, work hard. Yep. But you're, and life is about work. We're created for work. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm reading a, boy, a, a book right now with the boys called Created for Work. It's yeah. the title of it. Really good book. We're on chapter by chapter through it. Um, but don't work your life away in the sense that, you know, formal work, you know, work for remuneration is required to provide. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not being paid to mow the yard tonight. Yeah. The boys and I didn't get paid to go collect firewood. But it's, you know, so that's that's work. Life is work. But, my goodness, if you have the opportunity to do what you're doing and start something and have some flexibility. It's so much better yeah. than being tied down 70 hours a week doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most exciting part is it's just, uh, there's, I mean, it's all in God's hands, but it's a lot of, I mean, it's in my hands to make of it what he blesses me with, you know? Yeah. I don't have somebody else setting my hours or mm-hmm. telling me what I'm going to do this weekend or that's yeah. the, the freeing part for sure, relieving part. You got all your tax stuff worked out, thinking through all that. Megan's been... dad does taxes, so he's perfect. Been... 
my Good. free advisor. Okay, there we so. go. Because Tyler's my tax guy. I'm like, you need to talk to Tyler about that. Yeah. He's going to come and bite you, that 1099 stuff, you, yeah. you, at the end of the year, and you're like, oh, crap. Which that's my, uh, eight grand. my commission was always 1099, so I already... Oh, okay, so you were used to Know that. how to deduct everything. Okay, so yep. you're doing all your deductions, that's good. Uh, well, it's been a lot of fun, man. I think this is, a you know, an encouraging thing. We're going to have some more guys from the church, too, just yeah. in and popping in on the show. And I think it'll be fun for all the guys from church to hear this kind of stuff. It's, I yeah. mean, we all know this about each other. Uh, yeah. Some of it, anyways. But, uh, all right, man. Well, Ben Childers, thanks. Where can people find out more about Reform Co. and all you're doing if somebody uh, wants to hire you out, where they, where they yeah, find you? I'm on Instagram at Reform Design, and then my website's reformedco.com. Um, so, yeah, you can get a hold of me on either of those. And Dude, you got reformco.com. Reformco.com. Nice. I went ahead and got reformed supplements, too, just in case. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah there we <laughs> yeah. go. Well, because he's thinking about the supplement company. I know. And, yeah, I'll be your first customer. I mean, I'll yeah. be buying some of that. We're, we're getting this uh, organic protein right now from the internet, and uh, it's on it's on Amazon. You know, I went and told you to not touch that table, and then I just went and touched <laughs> it twice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, oh, yeah, protein's getting so stinking expensive. It's yeah. crazy. I will say, just, the, the employee discounts on pre-workouts and energy drinks and stuff like that. I'm going to miss out on that. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, and, and my hookup, I'm going to miss out on that too. Yeah, so, so thanks yeah that'll that. be one of the, the main downfalls. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'll put all that in the show notes. Everybody, thanks for listening. We've been talking to Ben Childers. Ben, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.